Welcome to Decoding the Customer, a podcast about customer experience and how to realize customer-centric change in today's dynamic business world. I'm Julia Allfelt, certified customer experience professional, business advisor, and your host as we explore topics, trends, and best practices that are enabling brands to thrive in the age of the customer. Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're a regular listener, thanks, and it's great to have you back. This is episode 61, the first of four weekly episodes for the month of November. Returning listeners will know that the first episode of the month is always an interview episode, something to inspire and spark thinking before we dive deep into the practical how-tos during the mini masterclass episodes later in the month. Today, I'm starting with an interview with user experience expert, Jacques Oberholzer. Jacques is a founder and UX director at Now Boarding Digital, one of South Africa's leading usability and design agencies. He's also the head of design at Swissborg, a cryptocurrency investment startup in Switzerland. Now Boarding has been servicing the South African digital landscape for 10 years, creating user experiences for the likes of innovative brands like Property24, Autotrader, and Snapscan, as well as a range of exciting startups in South Africa and around the globe. You can find them at nowboarding.co.za. During our conversation, Jacques and I discuss the evolution of the field of user experience, the relationship between user experience and customer experience, and also how organizations are handling the demands of today's digitally savvy customers. Jacques has extensive experience in the digital UX world, so I used our conversation as an opportunity to pick his brain about the latest trends in digital experience. With each passing year, it seems like more and more of our customer journeys are moving into the digital realm So as CX professionals, we need to stay abreast of the latest trends, capabilities, and what's on the horizon. If this episode leaves you wanting to learn more about customer experience management theory and practice, I'd encourage you to check out CX University. CX University offers a fantastic array of online courses, CCXP practice tests, webinars, instructor-led training, e-learning, and custom modules. They have a flexible and affordable monthly subscription model and have offered an exclusive discount to listeners of the show. Listeners of this podcast can use the discount code PODCAST10 to get 10% off your first month's subscription. If you listened to my mini masterclass episodes from October, you'll know that I covered a number of topics related to user experience, design thinking, and service design. Some people confuse user experience and customer experience. They're related, but not exactly the same thing. That said, CX professionals need to understand and be able to speak to the differences between these competencies. As professionals working in the field, We need to figure out how to best collaborate with other stakeholders within our organizations, including those working in the digital user experience space. The great news is that the skills, abilities, and objectives of UX specialists are highly complementary to those of CX professionals. Besides shedding some light on the latest user experience trends, I think my conversation with Jacques also highlights where there's some excellent synergies between the worlds of user experience and customer experience. A summary of the insights from my conversation with Jacques, as well as more about how to get in touch with him, should you be looking for assistance with UX at your organization, will be available in the show notes for this episode, which are on my website, julia-allfelt.com or decodingthecustomer.com. So Jacques, thank you so much for joining me here today on the show. 
Thanks very much for having me, Julia. I'm excited to discuss this interesting topic with you. So how long have you been working in the field of user experience? What led you to this? My background is design. We came from a more traditional design education and industry. I think maybe the special point in my career was the arrival of the iPhone, which changed the digital game. Ever since apps have been around, we've been pushing user experience as a much bigger agenda in design for about 10 years now. So it was changes in the marketplace that pushed you into this area of expertise. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you look at the world of user experience, you get people from very different backgrounds. And we see design as a very important background to user experience. It was definitely a desire to play in the digital space. At the core of it was a desire to design human and enjoyable experiences. How have you seen this field evolve over the years? Yeah, it's definitely evolved. And I think probably the biggest game changer in user behavior has been data. Data plays a very important role in what we learn about what we're doing and helps us to not make the same mistakes again and improve our conversion and the ultimate experience for the user. Beyond data, I think there's been a need to make things easy to use because our world has become so digital and we're spending more of our lives on devices, it's been out of a natural need. And for me, that's an important word in this equation is that we can learn from data, but in order to create experiences in the future, we do need to be proactive and we need to take risks. How has data influenced the evolution of the user experience profession? I think it's had good and bad effects on it. And maybe it's been hard for designers to accept data. I know for one, I struggled with it in the beginning of analytics, that we were getting told that things on the screen had to be in different places and we had to include things that we didn't necessarily think were needed. So there was a bit of tug of war going on in the beginning, but it's key. It's interesting. It's almost this kind of question of like, who knows best? Do I know best or does the customer know best? Absolutely. When you're dealing with huge volumes of people using the same experience, then the data is critical. So you need to work out if it's working or not. The way I like to look at it is we need to start with a hypothesis. We need to put something into the game and then we need to see whether it works. Where sometimes you can really get stuck is if you try and use the data to predict the future. It's happening. I mean, this is what artificial intelligence is all about. We're moving into that direction. But we also have to remember we're human beings and we need to interact with other human beings using technology. And so data won't answer all of those questions for us. I'll be the first to admit that it is absolutely critical in our learning curve. Tell me, where do you think things are headed in terms of the UX profession as a whole? This is an interesting space we're in right now, an interesting time. As I mentioned, artificial intelligence is what everyone is tipping to be the next big thing. I think it's going to take some time. I think we've seen an amazing change in the world of digital that came about with smartphones and more powerful devices. And now they're starting to expand into wearables like the watch and that. The question is really, how much do we need? So I'm seeing a bit of a fork in the whole industry at the moment where some people just, they're backing data, backing AI and going completely in that direction. And other people are saying, hang on a moment, we need to be more real. And I think the events that are happening around the world, you know, 
Twitter has now banned politicians from publishing political ads on their platform. Facebook's under a lot of pressure. And this is because data and technology is dominating too much in those areas. And if a company can't tell a lie from the truth, then you do find yourself in a very tricky place. Which one will win the race is impossible to predict. I tend to lean towards the human side where I really think that remaining true to the fact that we are people talking to people through a device is important. In this world where we are surrounded by digital devices and technology, there's just more and more being thrown at us as consumers. Maybe there's space for more human connection and more human experiences. And that's also where I think the UX profession and the CX profession intersect. This understanding of how digital experiences fit into the bigger picture of what are consumers' wants and needs and what are people's big customer journeys that they're going through during their lives. Do you think that UX and CX will eventually converge? The way I see the customer experience is very much the holistic view of an experience and the user experience in the digital environment is just a component of that. Whether or not the two industries or the two professions will merge is hard to say, but what I know is we need to work closer together. I think for many digital designers, CX is an unknown territory and it is critical. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that this is one of the critical parts about making it more personal and making it more real as an experience. What you see in the digital world is we're trying to make robots answer telephones. We're trying to make robots guide you through every experience. And there's a place for that in terms of saving money and speeding up experiences. But people want to talk to people. And we have a lot to learn from customer experience in that regard. We are focused maybe too much on the digital solution. There's a time and a place for digital solutions, but I don't think that the human element of customer experience is ever going to go away. I think that as humans, we're social creatures. There are times when we want to solve things on our own through digital channels. There are times we want that ease and simplicity. And then there are times that we want to interact with other people. We want to feel like we're part of a community. I also see companies pushing robots for everything. And they've got to be careful because there are lots of amazing applications for these technologies. But we can't be applying these technologies for the technology's sake. We have to be putting them into the customer journey when and where they make sense because users and customers are telling us that's what they want. They want a chatbot because they want to be able to do self-resolution on issues at 4 o'clock in the morning when a call center is not going to be open, that kind of thing. Not putting a chatbot out there because it's the shiny new toy that's out there and somebody in the IT department thought it would be a great idea. Yeah, we do tend to overproduce on digital solutions because we can. But in the broader sense, I think the likes of Amazon creating bricks and mortar shops all over the US, they're showing us that it's no longer an online only experience, but they still try and combine the real life experience with digital. So you can walk into a shop and pick things off the shelf and it automatically deducts it from your credit card. That's a nice experience for the customer really, where it's real world combined with technology. So I admire companies that look in that direction as opposed to how can we stop bricks and mortar retail altogether. There is a real need to know when to use the technology, as you mentioned in the beginning. So we know that consumer expectations are on the rise across the board. 
brands aren't always prepared to meet these demands. What do you think are the biggest challenges facing organizations in terms of providing a great user experience? What do you see as you're working with different businesses? I can relate to that in terms very specifically to our world. I think the number one issue that we experience is this desire to have every feature in the book. As much as technology is available to us, it takes time, it takes money. And with every feature you deliver, there's a set of rules, there's terms and conditions, not just a lot for the company to absorb, but also a lot of information for the consumer to get their head around. I think what's really challenging from a user experience point of view for the companies is knowing how to go to market with just what the user needs for that instance and not to try and deliver everything. You know, it's been around for a long time as one of the rules of an MVP, a minimum viable product. You know, it's been taught to us, but somehow we're still, as human beings, we want to have it all. We want to deliver the most amazing experience. And we do forget that the most amazing experience is often just that one that's very easy and very simple. And the classic example is the guys that are focusing on one thing and doing one thing really well, somehow they are dominating the the scenes. How do you help guide organizations to keep that in mind, to make sure that they don't end up with an app that's kind of the kitchen sink approach to app building? We don't claim it to be rocket science. I think as user experience designers in the industry, a lot of our purpose in consulting with clients is around filtering. We spend a lot of our time filtering information. We like to hear the entire picture. We like to know the goals and who we're talking to. Once we start getting the features and all the possible iterations and possibilities there are, we then spend a lot of our time filtering that down to the actual crux. What are we trying to solve and what do we need to solve it? That's really a part of the profession and a part of solving customer experience is trying to eliminate steps. And by adding features, you sometimes add steps and that's counterproductive. One of the things that I really admire about user experience specialists is the ability to always be thinking about the needs of the user and putting the needs of the user front and center. Do you see businesses doing a better job of that these days or is it something that they're still struggling with? It has been something that we've tried to teach ourselves and teach our clients. I think it's been part of our pitch when we see new clients is that's what you say. You say, you know, we put the user first. It still remains very important, maybe because we are influenced by sales numbers and we are influenced by data. And so that sometimes can blind you from a more long-term view where sales can be good in the short term or data can show that this page is converting absolutely brilliantly. The long-term goal and the effect on your brand by doing something that's good for the business and not good for the user, it's hard to track that sometimes. It's hard to measure. I think it will never disappear as one of the cornerstones of good business, but it may become too much of a trend these days where everyone is saying, you know, like, well, it's user first. And that's why you get UX because it's all about the user. It's obviously a core to our industry and must never get forgotten. I wish that we could take some of this user first fairy dust and sprinkle it across the entire business. I wish that I had a little pouch of that and I could just walk around sprinkling it as I go because user-centric thinking, I believe would help organizations do so many things better if they could just throughout the business put the user or the customer at the center of what they're doing. But I suppose that's why 
you and I have jobs, <laughs> why we do what we do. You mentioned a word there and it's the thinking. You said user-centric thinking and I totally agree with you. I think beyond the product, which is what we focus on, you have the entire company culture. I think to approach business, whether it's the culture, the product or the background machine that drives the business from a more user and personal point of view, it's a no-brainer. You've got to do it. CEOs and managers are guilty throughout the years of trying to design systems. I know in our business, we spend a lot of time designing processes to optimize speed and efficiency and make more money, really. And you've got to find time during that process to look at it from the other point of view. That's what user-centric thinking is. It's turning yourself into the user for a moment and going, how would that feel? Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to find that nice balance between creating products and services and experiences that are going to attract and retain customers and doing so in a way that is profitable and viable. Your shareholders are also really important stakeholders. With many of the businesses that I see They've been focusing for far too long on just the profitability aspect of things. And their whole business is a machine that's geared towards squeezing value out of the business, sometimes at the cost of good user experience or good customer experience. Again, I think, you know, we're out there fighting the good fight on that one. I think it ebbs and flows around the world. You know, I think where we maybe saw companies like Facebook changing the game of social media. Now we look at them as a money-making machine. So where I have hope in this world is that it's fantastic that the technology industry has allowed us to offer customers new products that do things better at a low cost. And that means that the bigger companies, the powerful companies that are focused on profits have to really watch out because smaller guys can come in and change the game. And companies like Instagram, even though they got bought out, they really came in with a new angle of social media that was focused on doing one thing really well. And that did change the game in the social media landscape. And there's many examples. Airbnb, Uber, I mean, these companies that have come in and really disrupted. It's fantastic that we have this disruption. And then at the same time, you know, you see Uber trying to diversify now into Uber Eats and multiple of other business lines. And I'm a little bit skeptical of it. I kind of feel like they might just become another Facebook where Facebook was about connecting with your friends and then it was events and then it was news. And now it's just advertising and politics. I think these companies do have to be careful because the next disruptive startup is around the corner. And that's an exciting world to be in. We have more chance of getting the better solution at this rate. That's very true. And speaking of those kinds of apps and the digital experiences that have become such a big part of our world, it's undeniable that more and more of our customer journeys are moving into this digital space. Web, app, and other digital touch points are just becoming a larger part of our overall customer experiences. And for this reason, it's really important that customer experience professionals understand some of the major trends in the UX space. So what are some of the trends that you are seeing in terms of digital user experience? So we've mentioned AI, artificial intelligence, as one of the routes where digital could be going in terms of what's more tangible to us today, because we feel like AI is around the corner, but it's probably happening a lot more than we even know, especially the algorithms that are crunching in the background. But what the user knows about is really limited at the moment. Like we've come to a place where everybody wants an app. What's the next thing? Is there a next thing? It's a very good question. I kind of look back at how 
smartphones have developed from when they first started and how quickly new features were arriving. And now the new features seem to be less exciting. So I think we're in a very interesting phase in terms of hardware and software. In terms of what we do, it's very software related. We're building products on top of these hardware devices, but we're also often following the trends that are set by these hardware devices. So if they bring in a new feature, it opens up opportunities for us. Obviously, some of the features around identity protection and security and that have been really good, but that's just a necessity and a need. It doesn't necessarily mean it changes the game for us. So I find us in a little bit of a lull at the moment in terms of where to next. Everyone's wondering where to next. Some people talk about, for example, virtual and augmented reality as the next big thing. So virtual assistants, apps like the Sephora makeup artist app that let you try on different shades of lipstick and stuff using augmented reality. What do you think about virtual reality and augmented reality as components of user experience? Do you think they're going to become a bigger thing? Do you think it's just a fad, a shiny object right now? They undeniably exciting spaces to play in. And I think we constantly can be wowed by what's available. And those kind of tools are very experimental at the moment. And I do believe a lot of them will be fads that probably don't make it. And I think that's just an important step. We have to test the waters. We have to see what's possible and then find usefulness out of it. There's got to be a starting point. I think, you know, in countries like South Africa, we tend to be a bit slow to get this technology, even though there's enough people who know what they're doing in that space. And maybe that's also a critical point is, you know, what's the demand? You can play around and experiment and offer people something that they didn't know existed and they may absolutely love it. And then you have a success formula. But we also have to keep our ear to the ground as to like, what are the real problems we're solving with augmented reality? And what are we taking away from society? I have a small fear that we will need to teach generations of the future how to be human beings again, because if you don't need a friend to do your makeup with now, then will you actually need a friend in the future? And could the augmented robot also just be your friend? That's a really interesting question. And you were talking a minute ago about how these things would actually solve problems. I think we should also think about the context in which these problems are solved, the context of the marketplace. So some of these technologies are really interesting, but in order to use them currently, you've got to have the latest phone and you've got to have a connection speed that enables you to use it too. So that's another thing. An augmented reality app might be a great thing to use if you're sitting in San Francisco or in Zurich, but if you're in rural Kenya and you don't have the bandwidth connection to launch the app and use it, then it's not going to be of any use to you. So we probably have to think about these things too in the global context of what can users actually use outside of places like Silicon Valley and the first world. Absolutely. I mean, we were very guilty of that in the early years of our business where we all had iPhones and we all had broadband internet. And then someone Ask the question of like, well, you know, some of our customers only receive SMSs and they only have a Nokia 3310, you know, and turn around and go like, oh, that's a good point. You've got to do it in the context of where you are. My hope is that smartphones are here to help, especially in sectors like education. We've been working on a few education apps lately, and I think that's a very exciting space for me where technology is playing a great role in terms of giving access to broad base of users and improving education, you know, when we talk about Africa, we know there's a real 
lack of quality education. And if that could be changed, then we could really be changing the future. Yeah, absolutely. One of the trends that I've been hearing a lot about recently is how so many things are moving to mobile. And I suppose this ties into the developing market context too, because in the developing market context, users are possibly less likely to have a laptop computer, but more likely to have a basic smartphone device. So we see lots and lots of our experiences moving onto mobile. Some of them are skipping the web interface and they're jumping straight to mobile, but it looks like the research is is telling us that we're doing more and more on our handheld mobile devices and we're doing less on our laptops and whatnot. Do you think the next mobile will be the internet of things like wearables and stuff like that? Or do you think that mobile devices will just become a bigger part of consumers' lives? I sort of have quite a personal feeling on the whole thing. And I hope that wearables don't become the only thing that we sort of rely on because that does then start to bring technology maybe too far into our lives. I'm open to it. I'm open to wearables. I kind of embrace the way technology can help, especially in health. It can be very useful. And maybe this is to do with being a designer. The one challenge we experience with mobile is the lack of visual space. So what we consider a good user experience for customers is often influenced by visual. To put that in perspective, brands for centuries have been built on the visual communication that they built. So this is not something new. We know that color and photography and typography all plays a role in building the experience and building the brand. And mobile just made that all the harder because we can't always open up your experience with an image and a statement. We have to sometimes choose between the image and the statement. That's probably one of the biggest challenges as we see mobile becoming the start point of user experiences. But at the same time, mobile devices do a lot more than desktop devices could being able to have motion sensors and so on on your phone and being able to be on the move, being able to do things remotely. There's good reason why mobile is just so the trend at the moment. There's more of an opportunity to engage with additional senses. So it's not just about your visual sense, but also the tactile experience or a sound-based experience. I mean, who knows what mobiles will do in the future? Maybe our mobile phones will have a scratch and sniff function or something. Yeah. And that starts to point towards augmented reality again, where having an Oculus device where you've seen a staged world, that's essentially where we could go with this. And that's also where I kind of think like part of our responsibility as designers and customer experience creatives and everyone in this industry, we need to also help draw the line. At what point do we encourage the user to put down their device? That's got to be part of our thinking. Another point is what's interesting with products like the Samsung Fold is that suddenly you start small and you go bigger. There was at one point a race with devices to who was going to have the bigger phone. And then it was like, hang on, it's too big to fit in your hand. And now it fits in your hand, but you can fold it and make it bigger. We're waiting to see where the hardware goes, and then we will design experiences according to that. Maybe that's one of the problems, that we all just wait for the big hardware companies to design the rules, and then they set the playing field, and then we play in it. In this world of augmented reality and artificial intelligence and the Internet of Things, there are a lot of different hardware and software innovations going on. What's a company to do? 
how are businesses going to ensure that they're making the right choices about investing in good user experience that will result in good customer experience? That's exactly it, is you've got to invest in all the right places and not cut corners. We see it all the time in the industry, and it's sort of how now Boarding found its sort of niche in the market, is that user experience is a specialization just like strategy is and just like customer experience is. I think that at the very minimum, businesses need to consult with specialists in each of the fields that are required for them to deliver a good product. And it's broad. It's difficult for a company. They have to budget for so many different skill sets. But what excites me about the industry today compared to in the old days, in the old days, you used to go to one company for a turnkey solution and they would charge millions for everything. And you wouldn't know what you're really paying for. It's all smoke and mirrors in terms of management fees and commissions and so on. And I think that the landscape today is a bit easier. You have to find each of the specialists, but then you know what you get and you know what you're focusing on. My advice is to really consult with your technology specialists, your user experience specialists, your customer experience specialists. The best companies are the ones that combine all of those into one team, one collaboration, and ultimately one great product. As parting words for the listeners who are mostly customer experience professionals, what advice would you have as a user experience expert for those of us in the customer experience profession? What I'm very quick to admit is just how I don't know enough about customer experience and I don't know enough about other parts of the puzzle that is what's required. So as we said in the beginning, collaboration very much between CX and UX and possibly also with developers in the future is going to be key. So I think that we have to open our minds to these professions that are running side by side with ours. Specifically on where customer experience meets user experience, I think that the digital part is going to be there. It's what everyone expects these days. What my wish for customer experience people is how to introduce digital, but to always keep it meaningful. And I think that that is really something we need to strive for. If it's meaningful, it will add value. And if it adds value, you're going to keep customers happy. I think that's a great parting thought for listeners is to keep it meaningful. I think that's a reminder that we could all take to heart. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jacques, for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to my interview with Jacques Oberholzer. Only time will tell where digital user experiences are headed, but one thing's for sure, it's going to be an exciting ride ahead. I hope that my conversation with Jacques provided some food for thought as CX professionals help organizations understand the options that are in front of them and build great customer experiences. If you're enjoying the podcast, I invite you to share the program with others or head on over to iTunes and rate the program. This helps others find the show. I'll be back every Thursday this month with a new CX Mini Masterclass episode. These episodes are designed to be punchy, bite-sized overviews of key customer experience concepts and practical approaches that you can use. So be sure to listen in or subscribe for updates when new shows go live. If you're looking for help realizing customer-centric change in your organization, please don't hesitate to get in touch. My contact details are on my website or you can reach me via LinkedIn and Twitter. My handle's at Julia Alfeld. 